is your purpose, Chris? What? In life, what is your purpose? Right now, he's finding those keys. Yeah. Huh. Fire. It's a reflection of our own mortality. We're born, we breathe, and we die. Rose? I'm lucky. Even the sun will die someday. But we are divine. We are the gods trapped in cocoons. Rose. I don't know where they are. Rose! Rose! Rose, give me those keys! Rose, give me, give me those keys. Rose, now! Now! Listening to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 53. No, it's not. It is episode 54. Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, the only podcast with more family secrets than the Mansons. You can't win them all, right? It wasn't good. <laughs> What's going on, guys? I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. And I'm not funny. No, you're not. Nope. Ever. Nope. <clears throat> What's another family with a lot of secrets? I was trying to think. Uh, like, what's a good, like, celebrity family that's just known for just being batshit crazy? Um, the Munsters? <laughs> like there's secrets, though, are there? No, it's out there. Nah. And also, the Mansons aren't even a real family. Yeah, I just I failed that. You suck I at did. this. Damn it. Yeah, well, all like right. you said, you can't win them all. Nope. And, yes, episode 54 here Sh- on the Buzzkill podcast. What's going uh, on, boys? How you been? Ah, I've been good. Been good. Yeah? What have you been up to? Uh, I have been up to a whole lot of nothing. Mm. As always. I We must sound like the most boring people on the face of the earth because every week it's like, what are you up to? Not a damn thing. My life. <laughs> my life sucks. No, we uh, went to, uh, wait, did we go to, where the hell did we go? Oh. Went to the well, Pinabog, we, the we, Mighty Pinabog. We went kayaking on we the did. Mighty Pinabog. We did. Which is like, um, uh, it's basically like a, like you could pee and make a, a bigger river than you the ever, Pinabog. Have you ever heard the, uh, the expression, uh, you're up Shit's Creek? It's literally Shit's Creek. Yeah. They're t- <laughs> in that, Heavy on the shit. In, in that expression, they're actually talking about the Pinnabog River. Yep. No, it's a, it's a river up in Caseville. We go every year, go up to the Thumb. We went up and went kayaking, drank a bunch of beers, went back to my folks' house and had a, a cookout. j Raj was unfortunately not able to join us. You son of a bitch. I'm a son of a bitch. We yep. missed you. What Small you, group what, this year, too. What did you do this weekend that you were... I uh, hosted rehearsal over here. Oh, that's right. That's right. And uh, worked. Yep. Se- worked seven days the past couple weeks, just, pulling doubles and triples. Just grinding it out. That's it. You just, work way harder than I ever have or ever will. Worked, it's uh, true. It's true. <laughs> worked an eight to five and then went and worked a five to 11 almost. So did that a couple of days in a row. Speaking of rehearsal, I've been doing rehearsal as well. <laughs> yeah. And I've been jamming with a couple guys. Trying to trying to make some sweet sounds and trying to pull me into it. I'm trying to knock don't it off, do I, it, James. I, I don't have time. <laughs> trying to. It's funny. I say that my life. I, we always say I, oh, I have nothing going on, and then I tell you I don't have time to jam in your stupid band. It's true, but it's it is a stupid band. Well, 
I barely have time to watch the two movies that we have to watch each week. So. Yeah. Well, technically three usually. I don't know how I. Yeah, how do we used to do five? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how we did it. <laughs> so it is officially uh, September, which means it is the kickoff of the horror season. The horror season. I mean, horror season is all year. But that's true. That's true. But like for me though, you know, it, usually it's the October people start their Halloween prep and all that. Nah, fuck that. Beginning of September, though, is when I start to get down. Right? Absolutely. Uh, and so a couple years ago, I started doing this thing uh, where I was tr- I tried to get myself <laughs> to watch 50 horror movies in two months. I thought it was a good goal to try to reach, right? I actually want to correct you a little bit. Oh, but Two years ago, you did 100 movies in two months. I did not do 100. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Swear. Nope. Yes. Nope. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, no, and it's, uh, it's, it's a lot harder to do. I did it two years ago. Uh, and if you've seen my Instagram post where I talk about this, then I said the same thing. Last year, I didn't didn't do it. I fell short last year. Um, but I uh, issued the 50 and 2 challenge. 50 horror movies in two months. And uh, I kicked it off promptly on the first. I'm about five or six in right now. Mm-hmm. I've been keeping good. I've been going... I'm watching a lot of non-horror stuff, which is not good for... <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work for the 50 and um, 2. No, it doesn't. But whatever. So, so basically, the challenge is as such... 50 movies, 50 horror movies uh-huh. or genre movies in two months. Uh, if you wanna, if you wanna like update us on your progress, make sure you get on Instagram yeah. or Twitter or whatever the hell. Yep. Hashtag fifty and two. Fifty in two, and uh, and let us know what you're watching. Yep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably do like an actual list. Like, like a, 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 I'm updating as I'm watching them too, but I'm gonna do, I'm gonna keep a list. I'll probably do it like once a week. Yeah. Like maybe uh, every. Like before we post an episode or after or something like that, you'll see when I post the first one. But um, I'm going to keep everyone updated just so I can keep myself on track. Yeah, I want to. I want to do it again. I will. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll try my best. You're I'll gonna probably... watch all 50 in the last week. Yeah, that's, that's... I. I will be. There will be like a week where I do nothing but watch movies for 24 hours a day. I'll have to tell my wife that I, I'll just be gone for a week mm-hmm. and I'll get it done. And if you uh, and if you end up doing it. And by the 31st of October, you have 50 movies plus in the bag. You will get a standing ovation from us. That's your that's your prize. Actually, let's let's just say this. I'm 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 just gonna wing it right now because we didn't even talk Uh-oh. about this. But if anybody if anybody updates us, keeps us updated, gives us a full list full list of all 50 movies that you watch, uh-huh. uh, we'll we'll put together like a little prize package or something. Because it's been a, it's been a while since we've we've done. Uh, yeah. Like a, a contest or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah, if, if and if there's more than one person that sends in then fifty movies, then we'll do a drawing and we'll give out a, a nice little and we're going on, kill care package. And we're going on honor system here, all right? Because clearly we're not going to know if you actually watch them, but fucking do it. Yeah. Don't be a chump. Yeah, because it's fun to watch movies. And if you and if you end up not watching all fifty movies and you still get free stuff, then who cares? It's don't not be really... a dick, be a dude. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's going on, everybody? Uh, tonight we are talking about. <clears throat> tonight we are talking about uh, families with secrets. Families with secrets. The idea behind it was kind of <laughs> like. Uh, <laughs> the cobras. The cobras. Uh, Jay's making a hand cobra at us for some reason. <laughs> I don't know what's going on right now. Because that's his family secret. He's part of the cobras. Oh, shut up. Um, or 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 is he a cobra? Hiss. Hiss. <laughs> Hiss. Okay. Uh, so anyway, we uh, as as you all might know, the kids went back to school this week, mm-hmm. and we originally thought like let's let's do a. Um, Kind of a, well, the kids are away, the parents will play sort of episode. Yes. And so we're like, what, you know, like once the kids are gone, the parents can go back to doing whatever 
dubious things they do when the but, kids are away, but we couldn't find like <laughs> mostly butt stuff. <laughs> it's so it was so hard to find yeah. movies where parents are acting like shitheads when their kids aren't around. Yep. I mean, we, we had one. We found but... one, and then we're like, well, what the hell are we supposed to do now? So we just kind of landed on uh, movies where the family or the parents have a secret, a dirty secret. Yeah, if you if you can't tell, this one was a real fly-by-the-seat-of-our-pants kind of week. Yeah, we just kind of <laughs> threw it together. It turned out well, though. Yeah, I know. We watched some good we watched movies. watched a couple of good movies. You finally saw Get Out. I finally saw Get Out, which, uh, that you know, that could have made that could have been one of my movies that made Jim a douche. It really could have. In a couple years, it would be a I'm literally bit. probably the last person on Earth who hasn't seen it. Oh, I got some news this, year, this week about Get Out. What about it? Well, I'll tell you when we get oh, to the news. Oh, okay, all right. So, uh, so yeah, we're talking about uh, families with secrets, and um, Mikey went and picked up us, picked up, picked we're up, up us. We're drinking healthy this week, guys. No gluten. Oh, it's gluten-free, baby. Gluten-free uh, week here on the Buzzkill Podcast. This is Omission from, what brewery is this? Uh, omission. Oh, it's just... Oh, oh okay. I think it's just called omission. Oh, it's just called omission pale ale. It's if, like if you are severely allergic to gluten, such as having celiac, uh, you may not want to drink this beer because it says that omission beer is fermented from grains containing gluten and crafted to remove it, so which it's makes not no sense whatsoever. At all. Well, what the hell? <laughs> this is for those people who claim that they have a gluten intolerance but still want to drink good beer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I can't have gluten. It makes me all bloated and farty oh is that pizza give me that <laughs> yeah where's the pizza <laughs> um so anyway this is us uh, and, and the reason you know we went with omission is because if you have a secret you might not tell it you omit it from the story of your family you're lying by omission yep uh so yeah i gotta say i almost picked up a beer called caesar's gimp you <laughs> told me that earlier, and I, I didn't understand I almost, that. I almost wish that I could have. Uh, it's basically it's Julius Caesar on the label, and he's got a gimp on a leash. It's a guy in a gimp suit, full-on leather, head to toe. What the hell does that have to do with our... Because clearly Julius Caesar had some family secrets. Some weird secrets And they fucked a bunch on. of gimps. <laughs> Okie dokie. Um, so, we had a mission to brew a great craft beer made from traditional ingredients including malted barley specially crafted to remove gluten. Uh, <laughs> why do I, I... I need to pay more attention to <laughs> punctuation because I always end up like... I Just yeah. fly by those periods. Yeah. Specially crafted to remove gluten. Well, mission accomplished. Ah, mission. Nah. As a longtime celiac, I'm excited to share this great craft beer with you. If you have any questions or feedback, please email me at... Contact at omissionbeer.com. Cheers, Terry Michelson, Omission co-founder. Okay, so no, is there, are there on. different levels then to celiac? I was going to say, first of all, sorry to uh, Terry Michelson if you hear this and we talked about we talked shit about your <laughs> beer being not truly gluten-free. But if he's if he has celiacs and there and there is possibly still some gluten, how he, he wouldn't be able to drink this, right? I don't get it. I it, got it's it. It's possible there's different fake levels. Fake disease. It's a fake disease. <laughs> no, I mean nobody like nobody really has it. I've known people with I've known people with celiac disease before and it's fucking nasty. Yeah. Like the people who actually have it. Like Jay, you were talking earlier about you know somebody who has like will literally yeah. go into like anaphylactic shock if oh, they yeah. have any kind of gluten. That sucks. But uh yeah. Anyway, let's give this a try. Do they just do they just get like really like goofy and then throw up? 
A wow. silly yak. <laughs> Dude. Come on! That was a good one! No, that yeah, was dumb. you guys suck. <laughs> Alright, All cheers, boys. Cheers. See, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. I've, had, I've had gluten. Bad. Ooh, I've there's had an gluten cream. There's an aftertaste that's not so pleasant. Mm, that's not bad. A little, a little bit of an aftertaste there. <laughs> we've picked better beers. Yeah. We've, we've definitely picked better beers. Well, I don't mind it, but no, I also have the no, aftertaste of my thing. IPA, though. It's not the worst thing I've ever had. But Mike, you are offending the entire celiac uh, community right now, being a real dick. I'm sure they. <laughs> I'm sure they wish they could drink real beer too. Okay, I'm not telling them anything they don't already know. Uh, this is <laughs> no. This really isn't bad. I've had gluten-free beers before that were really bad. So, yeah. Yeah. and I always felt bad for people who had to drink them. Yeah, I guess you could just well, not drink beer. But what Red kind Bridge. of life is Red that? Red Bridge is good. I've Red had Bridge that is pretty decent. Yeah. Made by the one and only Budweiser. Is it? Yeah, it's Anheuser Busch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why it's good. So anyway, um, that does that for that does it for the beer. Why don't we talk about some dumb shit we said last week? Stupid! You're so stupid! <laughs> All right, not a whole lot to get to this week. We did have one uh, one correction though. Uh, I said that the mascot for Stone Brewery was a demon. It is not a demon. It's a gargoyle. You're an idiot. Anybody ass. who can see things with their eyes can see that it's a gargoyle. I'm I mean, just... is a I, is a gargoyle a gargoyle is kind of a demon, right? No, no, it's just a, it's a rock gargoyle. No, it's like half bat, half gargoyle. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna look into the uh, the mythology of gargoyles and then re- recorrect you next Fair week. Enough. And then uh, two things I want to touch on. Uh, first off, I was right. Well, it is a shotgun on Sonny's uh, assault rifle, not a rocket launcher. Nah, I'll believe yep. it when I see it. You can I'll show you a picture. You can see the chamber and everything right on the side of it. So mm. yeah, no, yeah. Some. And then also, uh, you corrected me last week in saying that it was universal, not legendary, that uh, made. Um, Death Note, but we were both sort of right because not, not Death Note, was it Spectral or, or Spectral? That's yeah. right, Spectral. Um, but we're both sort of right because Universal, I think, owns Legendary, right. so whatever. But Legendary does have the banner in front. Yeah. So. Uh, other than that, we were pretty good last week. Mm, that's it. Then? That's it. Well, I guess it's time for the bleed feed then. Bitch. <laughs> As my murderous demon friend just said, it's the bleed feed. Take it away, Charlie. That's all you got? Sorry, boys. Old Salisbury's got a choice bit of calico to get to. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Pussy. <laughs> Ruin the jokes, Mike. <laughs> all right. Uh, so it is upon us, guys. It? By, by the time this podcast gets released, it will be in theaters. It comes out this Friday, right? I'm yes. not wrong. Okay. <laughs> it will be in theaters and uh, people will be talking about it. And one town in particular is uh, is doing it up right. There's a guy. Doing it up Big Willie style. Big Willie style. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In Malibu. <laughs> Getting jiggy with it. Uh, no, not Malibu. Miami. Miami. Ah, damn it. Did you come to Miami? <laughs> Get your Will Smith shit straight. Jeez. Sorry. Anyway, um, so Stephen King's uh, hometown, he's from Pennsylvania. Uh, and I forget what... Uh, uh, Litz, Littitz, Littitzboro. Littitzboro? Let me just look Littitz, at it because you suck at it's this. It's like Littitzboro. Littitzboro? Yeah, Littitzboro. I said it right. Fuck you. So in Littitzboro, Pennsylvania, where Stephen King lives, somebody is going around and they are tying red balloons to sewer grates. 
Mm. And uh, and it's really cool. Like like I like uh, this article that I was reading. You know, they're saying that we've never seen marketing go like like people just getting into like a movie being released. You know, right. this movie's going to crush. By the way, yeah, it's gonna just destroy everything. Um, but the uh, the best part about the story though is that the uh, the police in uh, Littlesboro are having a really really good time with it and they're playing into it. And on their social media, they go, you know, a certain movie is coming to theaters in two days, and a local prankster took it upon themselves to promote the movie. We give points for creativity. However, we want the local prankster to know that we weren't completely terrified as we removed these balloons from the grates. Um, we were completely terrified. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it goes on, and I guess this this uh, this social media post like went crazy, like like blew up virally mm-hmm. and so they went back to it and uh, posted a picture of a guy in a red clown wig with dusting the balloons for prince and like and they're just, they're just going all into it and that's it's, pretty it's cool super cool so uh it's just good to see you know um speaking of uh uh breaking records and all that stuff what do you think uh is the number one grossing horror movie of 2017 if you had to guess of 2017 yes of this year Get out, maybe. Right? That's what everybody would say. You know why? Because it was. Yeah. Until this past week. Yeah. And it was overtaken by none other than Annabelle Creation. Really? Wow. Shockingly. I never in a million years would have expected that movie to do that kind of business. Uh, It's absolutely crazy. Uh, Get Out uh, took in like 200 and something million. My computer froze. Ah, there we go. Uh, yeah, Get Out took in uh, 252,434,250. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you didn't have to be that specific. But... Nope, nope, but I am. Uh, Annabelle Creation just passed it at 253,375,598. Gee, and that's like... And most and of that, though, is internationally. And you're so, talking... You're... Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah uh, Get Out did better uh, stateside. Right. Than Annabelle did. However, internationally, Annabelle's just going crazy, I guess. Wow. Uh, never would have expected that movie to do that kind of business, though. Well, people really... I mean, you and I were talking about this this past weekend. Uh, whether you're a fan of uh, James Wan or mm-hmm. not, this universe that he's set up, and he's and he's made it to where like he can do a spinoff, like all these different spinoffs of all these different movies, like it's pretty... Yeah. He really... He, he's, he did a really good job of, of setting this whole thing up. It, it also makes last week we talked about um, it's the real dark universe. Mm. I think I think last week did we mention last week on on the show about the lawsuit that the guy is? We didn't we mention talk about, it. We, we, talk ta- about that we were talking off. about this over the weekend. There's too. a guy that's suing um, Warner Brothers because he claims that he owns the rights to to uh, the Lorraines well, he, uh, or the Lawrence rather. He does. Uh, he has like he has the. Um, I read about this to the a long, exclusivity rights to their story. I, I read about like this that. a long time ago. I didn't read the new article, but he he basically owns the rights to Ed and Lorraine Warren's life story. Yes, and this and the Conjuring movies though are part <clears throat> of that catalog. He's saying he's suing Warner Brothers for like nine hundred million dollars or something like that, which he won't get. Well, they might who knows, they might settle on something, but he's not going to get almost nine hundred dollars. This one movie though you just made nine hundred dollars. What this one movie though has made a quarter of that. I can't even imagine what the whole franchise is worth. Oh yeah, they're gonna f- that yeah. But he's not like I said. Yeah. I don't no, think I don't think he'll get, get it, that but. much though. Um. So and like I said though, I, I expect it to blow that out of the water. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um. Hopefully it will. And uh, I'm thinking that uh, that Andrew Muschietti or Muschietti uh, is hoping that it does as well because he is lined up now to potentially direct a movie called Dracul. Dracul. With which is the uh, it's a story of Bram Stoker, 
basically going and meeting Dracula and him writing down his story to write the book Dracula. So it's like from inter- what I understand, so it's, it's like an origin in, story. It's like interview with a vampire, except for it's the origin story of Dracula. Yeah, and so and so, uh, so I guess they're writing it for uh, for Annie Muschietti. I thought uh, I thought that he I because I read over the weekend he specifically said the next movie he wants to do is he wants he wants to do the next installation of it. See, I thought that was already a go. I thought we had talked about how like that was already going to be like that. They're already pushing it through and everything else. I mean, it's going to obviously because yeah. this is going to be wildly successful, and you can't really have the first part of the story without the second part I of agree. the story. But I, I, agree. I think that he wants to jump right into that. Yeah, I don't think that this Dracula movie will be <clears throat> soon. But I like the idea of the story, though. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretty I cool. I like those cool... Like, there was one, um, uh, Shadow of the Vampire was sort of like that. With Willem Dafoe? With Willem Dafoe yeah. playing Nosferatu, uh, Lord, uh, uh... God, I can't... Max Shrek. Max Shrek, thank yeah. you, thank you. Um, anyway, though, but it's basically the making of Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. And I love that movie. So this kind of feels like it's, you know, sort of around that same, uh, same idea. Yeah, for sure. Um, Death House finally has a release date of January 26th, 2018. Oh, okay. So, so finally, there's been lots yeah, of it's, been... it's so weird they advertise these movies not real heavily, but enough to people know, and there's not even a release date. Well, yeah, I mean the trailer, you know? the trailer's been out for probably almost a year. This is this is why I like the Adam Green way of thinking. You know, don't put anything out until you're done and ready to go. Right. Because then you're just waiting for it forever. Cause I feel like that I feel like that's so far away, still. Uh, well, you know, I'm, not really. It's only what four months. I said it seems like it. Damn it. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, William Friedkin uh, filmed a real exorcism for his new documentary called The Devil and Father of Marth. Ooh. Uh, and it, apparently it scared the shit out of him. He filmed a real a exorcism? real exorcism. And, uh, and uh, according according to him, he was the only person in the room with like a high def, like a, like a SDLR basically. And he was like a foot to two feet away from her th- the entire time. And really? apparently it scared the shit out of him. So I am definitely looking forward to this new documentary. Um, the weird thing is, though, is if you look into Father, Father Amarth, mm-hmm. uh, he's the guy that believes that yoga and Harry Potter are uh, deeds of the devil. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's kind of crazy. <laughs> I've, I've come in contact with people like that before, like people who wouldn't let their kids read Harry Potter because it deals in magic. Yeah, because it's like because it's, 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 the it's promoting like, black uh, magic and it's like making children want to be like sorcerers and like in in uh, cahoots with the devil. No, it's like I think we need more children sorcerers personally. Exactly. I, no, I just want to <laughs> fly on a broomstick. That's all. <laughs> right. Right. I just want to play Quidditch. That's it. <laughs> um, okay, so this is cool. Do you guys remember uh, in the early '90s there's a book called Aliens Ate My Homework? Yeah. You guys ever read that? Yeah. So they just finished filming a movie adaptation of that book. Oh, really? Starring Bill Shatner. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and I have no other news except the fact that that is made. Doesn't matter. That's all the news you need. I know. <laughs> um, and then to round out the bleed feed here, um, we uh, Halloween has apparently begun casting. The Halloween, uh, the new one that uh, was penned by... Um, What's his name? Uh, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? What is his name? The guy Michael? from uh, Eastbound Down. Why can't I think of it? Danny McBride. Oh, Danny. Written yeah. by Danny McBride <clears throat> and uh, uh, directed by David Gordon Green. Apparently, uh, the movie is going under the name Nightblade. Isn't That's what they're calling it. They, Nightblade. Oh, yeah. like that's the working it, title, you mean? It's the, for when they're casting so that people aren't like, oh, Halloween. You is, know, it, like, is it penned by... Uh, isn't it penned by Danny McBride and K- 
Keegan-Michael Key? No, I don't think so. What did he have a hand in then? The Predator? Uh, Predator. The new Predator yeah. movie? Yeah, he's in okay. it. He's in there. And I think movie. he helped write it too, right? Or it's very possible. You might be wrong I, I could be wrong. I probably am, but... Corrections. <clears throat> yeah. I thought he had something to do with the, the um, Halloween movie yeah, too. Yeah, but it, uh, so it's, it's going by the name Nightblade. That's what they're calling it. And uh, apparently they're doing casting for it. Uh, one of the girls from the first three Paranormal Activity <clears throat> movies, uh, there's an audition tape for her. And then also uh, somebody who was in Daredevil, Allison Wynn. I'm not sure who that is, but um, yeah. Cool. Cool stuff. Cool, cool so, stuff. So, uh, yeah. That's, that's all it? I got. That's all I got. <laughs> and some... That's the bleed feed. And those are the stories that made the cut. Boom! That was the news. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that, that date must not have gone that well for <laughs> old Salisbury Joe because he came back real quick. I landed flat on my ass, boys. <laughs> All right, let's take a break and then get back to some uh, parental secrets. Throughout this, they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Right. So, when you were a kid, let me ask you this. When you were a kid, yeah. and you used to go to bed, mm-hmm. okay, after you touched yourself, after <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you... Several had, times. Several times. Yeah. Did you ever, like, lay in bed and you heard your parents kind of carrying on in the other room, like, laughing, having a good old time, and you sat there and you go, what are they doing out What are they there? doing? Like, what do they do after we go to bed? Yes, all the freaking time. That's the thought that kind of sparked this whole, like, wanting to do parents thing. At least for me, when you mentioned it, it's the first thing that I thought of. Wanting to do parent, well, I well, you mentioned I, when, I do when, want to do your parents. That well, is a fact. Well, <laughs> who doesn't? Um, <laughs> no, I used to, I used to stay up in bed though, and like just try to listen. I think I would actually get up and go to the foot of my bed because it was closer to the door, and I would literally lie there and I would listen to him. I was a creepy fucking kid. But, but I would, what like, it sounds like I would just listen though, trying to figure out what they. <laughs> it's a donkey show. I guess it's a horse. What? That's not a donkey. Donkeys don't make that sound. They they do if you're treating them right. <laughs> mm. Um no, I I did the exact same thing. Like and and my parents always had people over when I was younger, so it was like swingers. Yeah, swingers. It was oh, like they probably were key parties, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like I'd wake up in the middle of the night, there'd be some weird dude with a Ford Explorer. You'd slip on the ground cuz there's just semen everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you, they dropped something like <laughs> barbecue sauce. Your mom comes to pick you up. It's like the sound of Velcro coming off the floor. <laughs> oh, God. No, I, I uh, yeah, like my parents always had people over and stuff and, and I did that same thing. And mm-hmm. it's, it's weird uh, because this ties in with the first movie we're going to talk about. Your little tiny kid brain takes you to some weird places. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because you start hearing like certain conversations or certain things that they're laughing at, and you're like, I don't understand any of this. And yep. so, because you don't understand, your tiny child brain starts to comprehend it in only ways that your tiny child brain can, and you start thinking about some weird shit. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, whenever I, I'll come over to your place, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll be up late, late at night, and I'm just thinking to myself, your kids are now going through the same exact thing that I went through when I was a kid. <laughs> right. Only in this case, the stories are completely true, and there's just giant orgies going on yeah. down in your living room. Yeah, just between the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> 
the best kind. <laughs> anyway, uh, the first movie we're going to talk about tonight is a movie called Parents from 1989, starring a pre-crazy Randy Quaid. Oh man, he really is off his rocker these days. Have you days, seen pictures he? of him lately? He looks like Doctor Oaken from uh, Independence Day. Crazy long white oh, hair. Yeah, yeah. Like, he looks exactly like the Doctor Oaken character. No, he, gnarly. He literally has like completely gone insane. Oh yeah. It's, like, oh yeah. And He's some of the lost some of the, his damn mind. Some of the videos he posts, like his rants about the government, like trying to figure out what he's doing. It's, it's like it's pretty mm-hmm. pretty weird stuff. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah. So pretty crazy. Uh, Randy Quaid, also Mary Beth Hurt, mm-hmm. plays Mom. Mom. Lily. Uh. The, Brian Madarsky? Yeah, I don't think did he did he ever do much after this? I don't believe so. He didn't look familiar, and his name's not familiar, and he has no picture in IMDb. So either he, he died or <laughs> he just didn't do anything else. He looked familiar <laughs> to me, but only because he he actually looks exactly like the. If have you ever seen the the live action um, Chronicles of Narnia? Yeah. The, uh, it's one, the chronic what goes in Narnia? Narnia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the little kid, I can't remember which one. I'll, I'll find out which one it is. Mm-hmm. But he looks almost identical to one of the one of the three or one oh, of does the he? four kids in that movie, which is kind of weird. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much like the uh, it, it, the movie the focuses around cast, the three yeah. of them. Yeah, there's another little girl <laughs> um, named uh, uh, Sheila who was played by London Juno. That was her. That was Sheila, right? The the, the Sheila. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have a uh, Millie, uh, Sandy Dennis plays a character named Millie Dew, who is the school guidance counselor. Millie Dew? Mill Dew? Ha! It's kind of weird, right? Yeah. They trying actually to think did. Of it, trying to think of it means something now. No, they mm. actually. Well, they they actually named her that on purpose. I don't know if it. I I tried to like figure out if there was like some deeper meaning behind yeah. that name or not. I. I need to. Because she's just rotting away in her office. It's weird because I went online to try and like you know. Try and find some discussion about this movie. Nobody discusses this movie in any kind of depth, which is weird because you have some theories. You have some theories about it, and after, like, when you started talking to me about it, I was only about halfway through the movie mm-hmm. or so. And after watching the rest of the movie, my thoughts are kind of the opposite of yours. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I so I went online. I was like, I want to know what everybody else thinks about this, and for some reason, I couldn't find any discussion about this movie. I can yeah, find I could find reviews and stuff like that, but nobody really talks about. It's definitely a cult movie. Right, like, like the people that know about it love it usually, but it's not a really well known movie. I don't think. <clears throat> um, but before we get to how we feel about it, uh, it's a little synopsis here is that a young boy living in the 1950s suburbia suspects that his parents are cannibalistic murderers. Mm-hmm. Kid's got a fucked up mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was it was directed by Bob Balaban. Ba 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 balan. Ba 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 balan. You know, yeah. every time it's funny because we did that exact same thing on the show last week, and both times we said the name Bob Balaban. Yeah. And then in the song, you mispronounced it. Babylon. Babylon. So Babylon. Bob Balaban, who he directed this, he was in. The movie that we talked about last week, uh, I Am the Pretty Thing yep. That Lives in the House. Mm-hmm. He's also in, like, every single... Uh, yeah, he's a pretty pr- prolific character actor. Uh, he's in, a lo- he's in we- like, a lot of Wes Anderson movies. Mm-hmm. He's in a lot of those uh, um, with the, uh, Mel Brooks movies, like the uh, Best in Show. That's not, Mel, like that. that's not Mel Brooks. That's or not uh, Mel Brooks. Who the- um, oh, Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest. Yeah, yeah, Christopher Guest. Um, so, yeah, anyway... 
Uh, he directed this movie, and he did a pretty awesome job. Yeah, like, this movie I like it. was really kind of. It was weird. Yeah, it's one of those. And I say I say that because a lot of people actually consider uh, his directing style in this movie and a lot of the imagery sort of David Lynch esque. I can definitely see that. Yeah, it's quirky. I would say. Yeah, definitely. He's got a very quirky directing style. Like there's a, there's one part, um, like where the, the little the the boy uh, Michael is hiding in the closet, and suddenly this sausage monster just. <laughs> Like wraps himself around it, but it's completely all in his head. And like, like at least to me, I think it is. But like, it's just weird. There's just really weird shit in this movie. It's a quirky fucking movie. One thing, one thing that people say do say about this movie is that uh, Sigmund Freud would have a field day with it. Oh, I'm sure. Because there's oh, all I'm there's sure. all kinds of weird like sexual undertones to it, and not to mention the sausage monster. Mm. <laughs> but it, it it's really. Uh, it's an, inter- it's an interesting <laughs> movie because you can you can completely get inside this kid's head because it's kind of the same thing we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're young and you don't understand what grown-ups are doing, your mind goes to weird places. And in this you kid... You fill in the blanks, basically. And yeah. as a kid with an overactive imagination, it just goes to left field, you know? Who, who might also be... I, the kid might also be a little bit of a psychopath. Because, <laughs> I don't know, like, he's a, he's a weird little guy. And he uh, and he's also got some weird parents. So, mm-hmm. um, so this. Oh, go ahead. No, I was say the whole thing. I, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, the whole thing starts when he sees his parents doing something on the floor in the living room. He gets up for a glass of water or something but, like that. No, he 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 suspects them of some weird but things that was even first, before. But that. that was the first like thing that he saw that really I think triggered like his, this overactive imagination though you know oh no trigger warning <laughs> trigger <laughs> trigger uh <laughs> the shitty thing is is that i actually had a very similar experience when i was younger mm, so that that butt stuff you're talking the about the butt stuff yeah no i had yeah. i had the exact same thing like in the movie he wakes up and he wants a drink of water mm-hmm. i did the exact same thing when i was younger i woke up wanted a drink of water walked out we have you know in our house we have that long hallway leading to the living room Mm -hmm. and there they were just going at it and i'm like what the fuck like in my you know back then i didn't know what the hell was going on so it just freaked me out but as i'm older now it's like just your bedroom's right just go to your fucking bedroom Stop banging in the living room, guys. Hey, man, they pay for that living room. They're going to bang in the living room. I guess. At least make sure that I'm asleep before you start doing it. Jeez. Um, anyway, though, so he sees he sees his parents, though, doing something that he interprets as, like, there's blood all over them. They're, I don't know I don't know if the if he thinks that the dad's, like, trying to eat his mom or if they're, nah, no pun intended, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or or what's going on. But it, it he looks at it, like, completely in this terrible terrible way well mom's mom's lipstick is smeared all over dad's face and like later on later on he he like you see the same scene play out but in the kid's head and all blood it's all blood all over the dad and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. basically what he thinks is like they're they're cooking and eating people Mm -hmm. and uh and he he kind of spends the entire movie sort of he's not even i I guess he's trying to get to the bottom of it. He's It's like he's just watching yeah. and trying to piece it together. He spends a lot of time in the kitchen when his mom's like preparing meals or whatever, mm-hmm. and she's constantly grinding meat, and the meat sort of like, is that a human liver? Is that like, mm-hmm. uh, what is this? And then the dad's all weird when he's <clears throat> cooking, and like, 
it's almost like it's like they're like the parents are trying to pull a fast one over his eyes just by feeding him the stuff like it's completely normal and and he looks at it like it's just like like you just put satan on a plate in front of him or something you know? and what i really love about this movie is that it it dances that line between the kid could be right or mm-hmm. he could be wrong the entire time like mm-hmm. even when even when it's not him watching the parents you're still seeing the parents through his lens yeah. sort of like they still are creepy and it seems like the things that they're doing are a little off kilter and uh and so it kind of keeps you guessing throughout the entire movie it's yeah. like you're kind of like the parents could be cannibals and he could be completely right about it or it, he could just have an over ima- overactive imagination and the parents are completely normal but you're just perceiving it through his yeah you know through his his point of view and this and this and is, that's what i really liked it's, honestly the whole movie is kind of open to interpretation and you and i sure. interpret like my, it in, both, my, in different ways my interpretation of it is that everything's in his head mm-hmm. i even think that his little girlfriend from school another new student that is a new student with him excuse me on the same day i don't even think she's real i think she's like his imaginary friend because he doesn't have anybody else to talk to see i don't i didn't i didn't get that because all the stuff that they do at the end when she she comes over to the house or whatever and they go through and they break a bunch of stuff in the house and they end up playing in the cooler and this and that and then um randy quaid comes home and he walks by the door and he sees the kids in the cooler Mm -hmm. and he walks over and he reaches towards the sun and then it cuts and you never see anything about the girl. There's no, nothing ever happens to her. She doesn't have anything. Like she's always just randomly in his room, out of nowhere. Like, but the, I don't know. It just, it seems like teacher, she could be made up. But the teacher interacts with her, and <laughs> and her par- and True. her parents interact with her. So I don't really see where that's where that holds any water. Oh, were those her parents that were over for dinner? Yeah. Oh, well, I thought. The, well, they went to they went to their house. Um, Michael's parents went over to the Zellner's house. See, I thought that those were people that he worked with. They were, but they were also Sheila's parents. Did they ever explicitly say that, yes. though? They did? Yes. Okay. There's I a, must have there's, that. there's a scene where it's when they're all getting ready and, like, they're putting, you know, Dad's putting on his tie and he's helping Michael mm-hmm. put his tie on. And he's explaining to him that uh, um, Mr. Zellner is the um, the new boss at the plant, that or not the plant, but the uh, facility that he works at. Yeah. And so they need to make a good impression. And then the mom walks up and says, you like Sheila, so why don't you just talk to her the whole time? Oh, okay, you're right. And okay. then there's another... There's a flaw, there's there's another, a flaw in my plan. Yeah, there's another <laughs> scene where it's after the cooler scene where Sheila's mom walks out to the car and mm-hmm. Sheila's playing in the car and she says, have you seen uh, Michael Lamel?" And Sheila says no. So why would the mom be talking to Sheila? If, okay, no, you're right. There's, yeah. there's, a, there's a kink in my armor. There is a, yep. a chink in your chain that sounded racist um Um, the other part though that made me think that it was all in his head though is is a scene where uh the guidance counselor goes back to michael's house Mm -hmm. because michael tells her a bunch of stuff and they go downstairs and they open this window in the basement and a body falls out yeah in the very next scene you see them running away from the window and there's no body in the window uh yeah there is no there's not i double checked it before we got here because well, that body was hanging out of the window before, and when they run away, there's nothing there. You're just a little detective, and that's, aren't you? So that's what makes me think that's kind of all in his head. So do you think what happens to the guidance counselor next is also in his head? I don't know. I don't know. I, you're right. It, it, it See, walks that line. That's, that's like some parts I, make you think it, and some don't. That's another reason why I think, ultimately, the parents <sighs> are cannibals, because the whole thing with the guidance counselor. Because mm-hmm. he, he, he keeps... 
that's why I said like this 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 movie kind of dances on the line like you can never really tell when he's I mean you can tell when he's in a nightmare sequence like when they make it very obvious yeah but really any one of the scenes in the movie could be a nightmare like this scene where he goes in and he, so he he sees like a, a leg hanging from the cellar mm-hmm. in the cellar yeah and he goes in it, that's just kind of end of scene then he goes into the guidance counselor the next day or the social worker at school or whatever who's uh constantly smoking cigarettes in school which is hilarious she is she is a just a beaten down woman like <laughs> like she's maybe that's why her, her name is millie she's, she's at the end of her rope like she, <laughs> she really does she seems like a little uh like yeah just, yeah i she's had a rough life <laughs> we'll leave it at that <laughs> um but that could even be a dream when he goes in and tells her I, I saw something bad and then and she says well explain it to me and then they end up going to the house that mm-hmm. could all be a nightmare too true because it does have like it does have a bit of a nightmare feel to it especially when they see the body and like she turns around and screams like that whole thing has sort of a ah! <laughs> sort of a nightmare feel to it yeah but but then like she runs upstairs and she hides in the closet and a knife comes in and oh by the way the knife comes like so she's hiding in the kitchen pantry basically oh and my somebody God. stabs a butcher knife through the kitchen pantry and what is her first reaction she <laughs> double hands the blade why would you do that and then the person like i re- oh. i rewatched this because i i finished this movie after uh, cuz we watched our second movie last night mm-hmm. i finished it after you left last night and i was kind of tired when i was watching it so i went back uh, earlier today and, and rewatched like the last 15 minutes of the movie or so mm-hmm. and when I got to that part like she ho- she double hands the blade yeah. and then they pull it out and it's not super gory or anything but it's just the idea of it just like <laughs> yeah yeah it Dude, made my would, chest feel weird I don't understand why you would grab onto a blade though <laughs> like that's just poor I guess, or if you're going life to life choices if you're going to at least like <laughs> grab onto the Try to grab onto the yeah. top of it. Don't yeah. grab the blade of the butt. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I the more we're, the more we're talking about it, the more I'm thinking you might be right. I'm absolutely right. I still think some of it's in his head, though. I don't know. I think he definitely. I think he definitely like. Uh, it's not like he's making stuff up, but like some of the things that he, like his perception of things, is like overblown a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I. I ultimately I do think that the parents are cannibals. Well, clearly I think with this movie, uh, its deep-seated meaning um, is that uh, it's 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 a mouthpiece for PETA, and if you eat animals, you are essentially eating human beings because we're all animals, <laughs> and meat is murder. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. That's it. Um, at the very end too, though, I don't, I don't want to give any spoilers away necessarily, but at the end he's with his grandparents, mm-hmm. and they put a a sandwich who who gives a kid a giant like massive sandwich while they're going to bed it seems ill-advised see i think that was kind of that was another thing that like so um the kid ends up with his grandparents at the end and when they set this sandwich down it's like a you can't tell what the hell kind of meat is sitting in it's that sandwich carved thick but, cuts of meat yeah. but to me i took that as like Maybe the cannibalism didn't start with his parents. Yeah, Maybe it had started before that. Yeah. And the grandparents are still kind of trying to like push it on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can definitely see that, but I also look at it as they just made him a sandwich and he sees meat again 
overactive imagination. Everything's come, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. You're you're not alone in thinking that it's all in his head because I I, I did see there were a, a few of like it wasn't discussion, but a few of the reviews like there were some some people that said, oh, these parents are cannibals, and then there were some people who said, uh, well, this kid is like a. He's a vegetarian. Like, he decided at a yeah. young age that he's a vegetarian now, and he's, like, disgusted by meat. So, like, every PETA. time he sees... PETA, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, every time he sees meat, he just, like, assumes the worst yeah. possible thing. Well, you had mentioned you had mentioned that you see... Uh, he, he's in the basement at one point in time. He sees a leg hanging from the uh, from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Well, in that scene with the, the giant uh, log of meat monster that wraps around his body... Yeah. Um, I, I took that as maybe they make their own meats yeah and maybe it was just a thing of meat hanging in the basement he saw that as like a leg like it's, it's meat oh my god it's a leg hanging here you know yeah that's kind of a reach but that's sort of how i took it well not yeah if he was if he was this kid with an overactive imagination it could have been like a leg of lamb hanging there and sure. he just saw it as like a human foot exactly that then that's kind of where i'm thinking like whenever he sees something his mind just tells him it's something else you know um was there any uh, another was was there any significance to the fact that uh the dad's place of work other than the idea of like that's where he was getting some of his human meat from mm-hmm. Because there was this whole, like, I know it was set in the 50s, and uh, and he worked at this place called, uh, what the hell is it called, like Toxico or something? Toxico, like it's the greatest name for a chemical company ever. Yeah. <laughs> Toxico! And he's <laughs> and he's explaining at one point in time to his, his boss that he's, you know, he's made this discovery that he's basically found this thing that acts like a CO2 molecule, but it's not a CO2 molecule, and it... Uh, like it's basically like a biological weapon like yeah. if they if they go into any area and drop a, a bunch of this stuff it'll kill out everything on a, on a fort like it it tricked plants into thinking that it was co2 so that it would breathe it in yeah but then it also tricked the plants into basically not eating yeah like not you know doing doing its photosynthesis thing mm-hmm. so then it wouldn't put out any oxygen and also the plant would die and he's like within 48 hours after a good rain the whole place will just be wiped yep. away and they can use it to develop and and do whatever was there really any significance to all that or maybe that's why michael doesn't eat maybe michael breathed in the chemical <laughs> now we're getting somewhere okay <laughs> <laughs> no i don't know i uh i think maybe it's just to kind of prove that his dad has a, a kind of a piece of shit job like yeah. he's just just killing off the environment and doesn't care about anything like it's, maybe it's which more just, character which development just further for, like just furthers this idea in michael's head yeah, that his dad is kind a of a monster yeah. yeah yeah i think that's probably the, the main part of it um one scene that i really liked uh but then if it's a chemical company why are they doing autopsies no they were they, they weren't doing autopsies they they acquired fresh bodies so that they could, they were they were basically like, because um, at one point he tells the Just guy for testing. Well, at one point he tells the guy he needs to harvest some uh, liver cells, mm-hmm. and you can either take it as oh he was actually harvesting li- liver cells to test out these chemicals because they wanted to know what um, what kind of biological side effects these chemicals would have. Or you could take it as, because the whole time he's like standing over him just saying like, yeah, I need some, you know, I need some liver and uh, why don't you get me some. So some, he's ordering off a menu. Like, why don't you get me some to... lymph nodes? And Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. he's like looking at a cut of meat and he's like, yeah, give me some of that and give me some of that. Yeah, you're right. You're and right. You're right. 
so you could take it either way. Like you could either take it like, yeah, he's actually going to do some some real science stuff. All right, you've convinced me. Or he's You're taking it cannibals. home to eat. <laughs> uh, one of the scenes I really liked though was when they went over to the Zellner's house for dinner. And the reason I liked it is because it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, the the four parents are sitting around playing... Uh, were they playing Euchre? Yes, I believe so. I don't think so, you hold that many cards during Euchre, I, That's what it seemed like, because they are talking about trump cards and everything yeah. else. So clearly this is a Michigan uh, set movie. Because <laughs> well, who, who, who plays Euchre outside of Michigan? <laughs> if, if you're a listener and you don't live in Michigan, you play Euchre, tell me. Because I've never heard of it outside of the state. <laughs> I really haven't. I feel like I don't feel like a proper Michigander because I've never been able to re- retain the rules of yeah, Euchre. Yeah, no, I don't play it either. So we I, both suck as... And Aaron's really good at it. So, like, every time I watch her at a family reunion play it, I feel like I'm not officially part of the family. <laughs> um, it's good. They don't want you as part of the family anymore. Anyway. But the, the parents are... <laughs> the, fuck you. The parents are sitting around playing uh, Euchre, Gin Rummy, or whatever the fuck it is. And uh, and 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 uh, Sheila and Michael are, are on the other side of a wall, but, like, peeking through yeah. the door. And the parents are talking, and, and, like, they're getting giddy because they're drinking Long Island iced teas. And he doesn't understand what's going on. Obviously, he's never drank before, and his parents don't... Well, actually, they drink quite a bit because yeah. they have the wine cellar. But they're starting to get a little bit drunk and a little bit giddy and stuff. And, and he's like, "What what's going on? What are they doing? And Sheila, who up to this point has convinced Michael for some reason that she actually came from the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that a, was a weird <laughs> little side story. But another reason why I thought that she was an imaginary friend. She tells him she tells him they're changing. And she said this is what they do, they change like the and it it, it kind of like I said it, it it reminded me of what you were talking about earlier where when you were younger you would see your parents like they're all mm-hmm. sitting around drinking beers or drinking whatever and <laughs> You can see them kind of start to change. Their mm-hmm. personality starts to change. But when we were kids, we didn't really know why. Yeah. So it's like, why are well, why do my parents suddenly become these different versions of themselves when they're in a big group? In know? that in that exact same <coughs> scene, uh, 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 Nick Randy Quaid's character goes to refill his wife's drink, and doesn't not seem like he intentionally spills all over. It kind of does, yeah. And like that gets my overactive brain going. Oh, clearly he wants to get her dress wet, so she has to take it off, and they're going to have an orgy, right? Did they have an orgy? Makes I, perfect I don't sense. know. They kind of caught after that. Is that what happened? How does it feel? <laughs> if you're under the age of thirty, you probably don't know what that means. We actually listened to orgy on our way up yes, north we did. a few weeks yes, ago. Yes, we did. Um, no, I'm, that's clearly not what they were going for but i thought it was weird though that he did look like he intentionally spilled it and they did nothing with it yeah so it's like what i don't get it like i think there's a lot of like just open-ended innuendos in this movie that you're really there's they don't spell it out but just use your imagination and whatever but right i don't know if i if you've seen this movie or if you're gonna watch it after hearing us ramble about it (laughs) uh let us know what you think because i'm curious to get some other people's impressions if you if you like this movie and you've seen it before tell us we're wrong tell us we're right because i i really want to get some other feedback on it I know somebody out there has to have seen this movie, you know. Somebody. Somebody somebody, please talk to us. We get lonely. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't even really touch on it, which we won't. We, we won't get too far into it. But, like, the whole movie is kind of a, a satire of life in the 50s. Yeah. As far as, like, the, you know, the perfect... Uh, Perfect uh, suburban family. Perfect like, suburban yeah. for the nuclear family yep. and like the little... It's like Leave It to Beaver. The little house, like a uh, homemaker wife and... 
the the disconnect like uh like the cold kind of disconnected dad because that's what makes him creepy in the movie. Like back then, dads didn't really, they yeah. weren't they weren't like nowadays. He wasn't like, affectionate, yeah, or anything like that. Yeah, he which, tries to be, but which it comes the, off kind of cold and 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 in the and in the kid's mind. Like I said, you're kind of seeing it through his lens the whole time. In the kid's mind, the dad's sort of a just like this really creepy sort of monster. Yeah, but that's kind of the way dads were back then. They not to um, not to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. But I just mentioned that it reminds me of uh, Leave It to Beaver. Mm-hmm. Why has there never been a 50s-inspired slasher movie called Leave It to Cleaver? <laughs> Why doesn't that exist? <laughs> because it's been waiting for you to make it. Doing it. Get on it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's... Uh, I don't think there's anything else to necessarily get into about no, this. We've talked so. kind of at length I, about it. I liked it. Did you like it? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I love I this movie. it was really cool. It's like a black comedy almost. Like It's, it's genre, but it's definitely not like horror in the same... Uh, actually, both of these movies are kind of like it's a different side of horror. You know, yeah. it's very psychological horror. Right. Um, but yeah, this one it's a, it's a it's a good romp. Yeah, real real oh, nice romp. Jeez, Jay. Oh, unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that pretty much does it for Parents, 1989. Yep. Uh, check it out. Fun, um, pretty fun oh, movie. Oh, oh, there's this part. I gotta bring this up because I, I have to. There's a part where the mother chooses son's her son's fingernails, and I think it's the most disgusting thing that I've ever seen in my life. Like yeah. this? Oh God! Don't do it! <laughs> don't do it! Yeah, you're not a dad. I was like, I've done that Stomach before. turned. I saw them. Like, you don't know where that kid's fingers have been. Dude, I've I've chewed my kid's nails. I've picked their noses Ugh. for them before. It's just the... gonna be a terrible father because at age like six months, I'm gonna be like, you're on your own. <laughs> Here's you know, the keys to the car. <laughs> no, some of the disgusting things that I've done for my kids to like keep them looking decent, I would have never imagined that I could do. And I kiss that mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pucker up, baby. You're getting you're getting boogers in your mouth. So, all right. Uh, put yeah. It like that. Huh? Did you put it like that? Yes. Let's move on. The next movie we're talking about is a little title called Get Out from 2017. Never heard of it. Neither have I. So, <laughs> Mikey, you're on your own. So this movie was directed by Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. And uh, one half of the comedy duo Key and Peele. Key mm-hmm. and Peele. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, this is a very unexpected movie from Jordan Peele. Um, if I, I, this is his directorial debut, mm-hmm. he's never done anything, any any movies, let alone uh, horror. And uh, so the fact that this movie did so well and that it's so fucking good yeah. is kind of mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Like it, it kind of proves he's kind of a genius. He is, he is a pretty brilliant guy. Um, I saw this in theaters when it first came out. I know this is the first time that you had seen it. Yeah. Um, and I thought the same thing about it uh, when we finished it the other night that I did when I saw it in theaters is that every, every single line of that movie is so meticulously and smartly written. Mm-hmm. Is smartly a word? Probably. Am I smartly? Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... It, You're... the. the it, the dialogue's so smart, though. The ideas are so... Everything is is there for a reason. Everything yeah, is purposely placed in this movie. It is definitely more smarter than most other movies. Yes. <laughs> that don't have as much smarts. <laughs> You're a dumb person, Mike. Um, okay, so uh, if, you've, if you've never heard of it, uh, a quick synopsis is on the other page. Uh, it's time for a young African-American to meet with his white girlfriend's parents for a weekend at their secluded estate in the woods. But before long, a friendly the, the friendly and polite am- ambiance will give way to a nightmare. That's an odd way of putting it. Why is that an odd well, way of putting it? 
That's really not. That's <laughs> <laughs> actually pretty much exactly right. Um, yeah, so this uh, this just came out in 2017. Mm -hmm. We should probably warn you, mm. if you haven't seen it, yeah. uh, there's... I don't feel like there's really a good way to talk about this movie. At least the well, way, at least the way we talk about yeah. movies, without giving away a bunch of stuff. We, we could, but then it's just gonna be we're gonna talk super vague, and it's not. Gonna yeah, make we're just sense gonna be and... like you know when the guy did the thing. And yeah, the... Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, heavy, heavy spoilers for yeah. this movie. We so... will give away the ending. Those kind of spoilers, like it's gonna happen. Yeah. So, so. if you uh, if you don't want to have this movie ruined for you, go watch it and then come back. Yes. So, you should watch it anyway, because it's fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. Like I said, though, I, I think that me and J-Rodge are probably the last two people in the world to see it. So. Yes. Um, yeah, anyway, the the cast, uh, you have Daniel Kalu Kaluuya mm -hmm. playing Chris Washington, the boyfriend. Uh, Allison Williams playing Rose Armitage. Uh, Catherine Keener is her mother, Missy Armitage. Bradley Whitford, Dean Armitage, the father. father. Yep. Uh, Caleb Landry Jones is her brother, Jeremy, mm -hmm. and I, uh, Betty it. Gabriel plays uh, Georgiana. Oh, Georgina, yeah, you're Georgina. Yep, um, and Marcus, she's fantastic. Yeah, Marcus Henderson is Walter, who has like <laughs> probably for somebody who hadn't seen the movie, he had the most recognizable part in the movie to me mm -hmm. because uh, oh, he, we just watched Death Note. Well, wasn't he, wasn't no, 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 no. That was uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. No, uh, um, Marcus Henderson played Walter, and he had the most recognizable part in the movie for me because his part went kind of viral as a as an internet challenge. Mm -hmm. People were doing the Get Out challenge, which was essentially like there's a part in the movie where um, Chris is standing outside, and you just hear footsteps somewhere, and then all of a sudden, out of the darkness, you see this guy, uh, Walter, just sprinting at him, yep. just full speed. And then right before he gets to him, he does he cuts, he cuts yep. and does like a hard right. Yep. And so people started doing the get out challenge, where they would, they would basically just you know run straight at the camera yep. and then cut hard right. Yep. Uh, well, like we just mentioned, though, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, he plays uh, Andrew. Uh, uh, he was in Death Note. He, he was in Death Note. He played uh, L. L. Yeah. Uh, and if you've seen, if you haven't seen Get Out, but you've seen the previews for it, he's like the guy that freaks out at the party in the previews, right? In the trailer. So if you've seen the trailer, then you know who I'm talking about. Um, and he was fantastic in this movie. And and I understand the character that he played in Death Note as L. I can see in that performance a little bit, like that real smart, like very so uh, intelligently spoken kind of dialogue but even even at the same time the part where he freaks out is a little bit more like l toward the end of the movie yeah, in death absolutely Note. yeah absolutely yeah there's definitely parallels you can draw he's a good actor i had never seen him in anything prior to death note mm -hmm. and now well at least i don't think and uh and this so this is the second movie i've seen him in he's really good mm -hmm. um and then to, to round out the cast you have steven root who is amazing in everything that he does yeah he's like he pops up in every single movie i swear He's kind of like... Um, well, he was in a movie we talked about last week, too. Yeah, he was. Uh, oh, he's was in it? Spectral. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Just quick, quickly, but he's in it. And then uh, you have uh, Lil... Lil Rel. That's how you say his name. Lil, Lil Rel Howery. Lil Rel Howery. Howery. Is absolutely, hands down, the greatest character in this entire movie. Yeah, he's kind of the... Uh, he's, <laughs> he's kind the of comic the, relief. like the comic relief in the movie, yeah. Uh, all of his lines, for the most part, were ad-libbed on the... Uh, on the set. Really? A lot of it was, yeah. He, he was really good. He was funny. Oh, he's hilarious. He was funny, but he served a greater purpose in the movie, too. Like, he, uh, 
Because he's like the voice of reason, sort of. He's the voice of reason, and if you think about it too, like he actually, he kind of plays the opposite of what Chris's character did uh, in regards to the situation with his mother. Because you find out in the movie that Chris's mother uh, died in a, a in a run. car accident, yeah. you know, like a hit and run, and he kind of he kind of knew it. It, but did nothing. Like he yeah. just kind of sat and waited because he just kept telling himself, because "Like he, she's probably okay." Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, admitting it makes it real. That kind of thing. Right. And uh, Rod, uh, Lil Rel Howery's character, Rod kind of does the exact opposite. Like he realizes that something bad is going on, and he just pounds the pavement no. and starts doing. He's TSA. <laughs> okay. TSA. He handles his business. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so basically, like 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 the description said though, uh, uh, you have uh, Chris is going to Rose's parents' house for the weekend. Uh, he's really nervous about it because she didn't necessarily tell her parents that he's black, and he's all worried about it. Um, this movie is this whole movie. If you haven't seen it, is it's about racial tensions. That, that, that's that's clear as day. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. At oh, all. really? Not at all. <laughs> um, it's a it's a it's a political piece in all like in for lack of a better way of saying it well essentially um, essentially uh like, not political but uh, uh, uh so, socio socio-political in yeah a way. yeah yeah well essentially what happened was um um well jordan jordan peele took in, inspiration from a bunch of different things but one of the things that he took inspiration from was the fact that after barack obama was voted into the presidency there were a lot of people saying Oh, racism's over. Yeah, like, we live. We, we live in. We it. live in a post-racism world, and he was just like, "That's not the way it works." Just because we have a black president, yeah. And so he kind of wanted to do something that was sort of an answer back to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it couldn't have come at a better time too, with everything that's going on in the world, and like yeah. it touched on a lot of current topics. Yeah. Um, and and he couldn't have even seen that coming. Like no. I like I. It's not. I don't want to say that he's cashing in on what was going on in like Ferguson and stuff at the time, but like uh, this movie, in a way, became much more important because of what was going sure. on in the world. Sure. Uh, yeah, um, it kind of came at a, at a time when people really needed something like this. So, yeah. so, so they. Uh, so get back to the plot here. They they so they go to the house for the weekend. Uh, her parents are super nice. They're giving hugs and everything. You know, his dad's giving him a tour. And everything seems fine until he starts meeting. He goes to the grounds and he realizes that this this white family has employed all black servants mm-hmm. for the most part. You have well, groundskeeper, two, two of them, yeah. Well, the, yeah, the groundskeeper and the maid, um, and then every other person though that is black in the movie is not acting normal. They're all acting a little off, and he notices well, hold on, this. Let's- well, no, okay. Not acting, not acting. His words, not hey, his words. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, get, I get what you say. That's why it's it's touchy to talk about this kind of stuff because obviously there's no normal way for yeah. a black or a white person to act. Like we just yep. act the way we act. But to him, it seemed like they were. They they were just coming off as odd. Yeah. Like, their mannerisms, their whatever, like wasn't what he expected. Right. Put it that way. Um, and you could tell just by the way they were talking and the, by the way they were carrying themselves that something was just out of place about right. about those characters and so it's him trying to figure this out and like just being all weirded out by it. and then as the story progresses we'll get to the ending in a little bit but as the story progresses it's all turns out to be true mm-hmm. <laughs> um 
yeah, I uh, I can't imagine um, being in a in a situation like that. I thought about this movie when, or I thought about this when I was watching the movie again the other night. Um, not to get super political, socio political, or whatever, but mm-hmm. like, man, I can't imagine what people go through like in in that sense like what like african americans feel like in certain settings like that when all the stuff going on in this world and this movie does a really uh good job of kind of like just putting it right in your face how awkward things are and Mm -hmm. how like this is how it is because they're so used to things being a certain way like like there's the scene um with the police officer in the beginning right and uh you know he's not driving he's not even around they hit a deer and they called the cops or whatever. And the cop just immediately went to him and just started questioning him, like wanting to know what his deal was. I can't even imagine that. You know, like, like I hate, I hate to say this, but I mean, white privilege is a thing. Yeah. I hate to say it. Yeah. yeah well, I, I, yeah. It's like you say, we, we live in a time where that's still very real and, mm-hmm. and, and, and like it shouldn't I, be, like but I it said is. earlier, people thought, "Oh, Barack Obama is president, so this is all done." And it's like <laughs> I, it's I love not, how like I love how they worked that into the script. <laughs> oh <laughs> about, yeah, like, about like every white guy under the sun was like, oh, "I ain't racist. I voted for Barack Obama." Yeah. And, and he and he totally wrote that into the script in like the like the worst way possible, but the best way. Uh huh. Well, it, it, it's it's funny because like he was saying something too about like uh, because you would a lot of people want to. And not like I said, like you said, not to take this into like the the political realm, but like well, it's kind of hard not to because that's kind of what the movie's about. But. A lot of people want to go straight to when you're talking about racism and stuff like that. A lot of people want to go to like conservative Republican types, and in this movie, all of the people uh, who Chris comes in contact with put themselves out there as being uh, progressive liberals. Mm-hmm. You know, I, br- I I voted for Barack Obama. And uh, Tiger Woods is my favorite, yeah. you know. And it's, like, a, it's the and, old and, adage of like, uh, "I have a black friend; it's fine." Right. It's like, no, it's not. Right. <laughs> it's not how that works. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah. I, where were you going with that? I'm oh, sorry. nothing. I was just, I was just, I, I, I it was just crazy to me. Like, it's it, the movie makes you think, you know. In uh, every twist and turn, this movie brings brings on. It just makes you think. Well, and Jordan Peele did such a good job too of. Uh, in the same way that Key and Peele do with their with their comedy show, mm-hmm. um, like personally as a as a white person, like when you when you watch some of this stuff that has like racial undertones, a lot of a lot of times like it's it's done in a way where you end up kind of feeling like almost guilty and uncomfortable for even watching it. You're it's- like. But Jordan Peele, Jordan Peele did this in a way where, like, he got his message across to mm-hmm. everyone, to white people, to black people, to everyone, yeah. without making you feel super uncomfortable in your skin. It, and I, that was his intention, too, you know? He just wanted to put the message out there mm-hmm. and not alienate anyone. It furthers my, my steadfast belief as well, though, that comedians are the smartest people in the world. Mm-hmm. They really are, because they, they, they see straight through bullshit, and they see things for how they are, and they call it out for what it is. Right. Um, like, watching this movie, like you were saying, like, like you end up laughing at something, and then you kind of feel like a piece of crap about it. Like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you're laughing about it, and then No, I'm, st- say- I'm saying in this movie, you didn't. Like, no, were- yeah, no, I'm just back to what you were saying, though, about how, like, comedians do that, though. Yeah. Like, they'll, they'll take something that's really, like, like super touch Mm-hmm. And they'll 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 do something with it in a way that is accessible for everyone. Mm-hmm. And then you 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 think about what you just watch, and you realize, ah, oh, crap! Like I'm laughing at this, but it's like really serious. It's one of those things where it's like you're laughing, and then you stop, 
And a guy like Jordan Peele is like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's kind of one of those things. Like, yeah. like, like, you watch this movie and everyone's like, oh my God, that movie's so great and this and that and blah, blah. And I never realized. And Jordan Peele's like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to get back into the plot just a little bit, we don't yeah. have to give away the entire thing. But uh, so basically he ends up, he ends up in the middle of nowhere, uh, which... Jordan Peele was pretty ambiguous about where it was. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't want to. He didn't. They filmed it in, uh, I think, Alabama or something like I that. I believe it was Alabama. Yeah. But he he never said where it was because he didn't really want. He didn't want to specifically make it seem like uh, it was like every it was, town. It was USA. yeah right. He didn't want to make it seem like it was well, in every a specific town up place. North USA. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and so uh, um, I just lost my train of thought. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know where you're going with that, but um, yeah, he said it in a way that everything seems so fine and normal, and 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 everything that he put in there though has meaning. Mm-hmm. Everything, like even down to the um, uh, the dad is talking about how when they hit the deer, he goes, "Oh, good, these deer are such a nuisance." Blah blah. These stags and this and that. Stag is an old racial term for like something to do with slavery oh is it really yeah it's like it's i forget exactly what it was this I'll, I'll correct myself next week and i don't want to speak out of place but it's like an old slang term for like a, a the type of slave or it's something to do with that so well, even i mean even if you think about just the the deer mm-hmm. the deer shows up several times throughout the movie and when they first hit the deer in the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. um rose is just kind of like whatever we yeah. hit a deer and he goes and finds it in the woods, and you can see that it's like really affected him. Well, like it's he... the first callback to his mother's hit and run that starts that narrative. Right, but on on the surface, like in the movie, but then also to go back to what you were talking about with how everything has meaning. Like he sees this, and and it's uh, something terrible that's happened, and he's mm-hmm. feeling like, uh, you know, he's he's feeling for it. He's feeling emotional about it. I just got shocked by the table. That was. <laughs> <laughs> like not like not static shock like a real like that's, electrical shock that's god telling you don't be racist <laughs> that's what this is <laughs> don't be racist you shit and then and then when the dad is talking about that like he's he's almost like uh, he he says he says oh great like I'm, I'm glad you hit that deer like when i see a dead deer on the side of the road i think that's a good start and the way he's talking about the deer yeah the deer's almost like symbolic of uh a group of people. Oh yeah, no, you know, he's, the, he's being so, he's being so overtly racist without being overtly racist. Like everything that they say means something. He, they walk by when he's giving them the tour. They walk by the basement. He goes, "Oh yeah, you don't. It's black. There's a black mold problem down there. Black mold. That's where they do the thing. That's where like, they. It's it's, it come, it's right there. It's right in your face. Yeah, like, and you don't even realize it at first. Like yeah. he just blows by it. Like oh, we don't go down there. There's a black mold problem. Like there's a black problem downstairs and we are whatever like well, not, not even like well even even the term or even the word mold too because what they're doing is uh sorry like we said spoilers yeah, heavy heavy yeah. spoilers what they're doing is taking basically taking the 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 brain the consciousness from a white person and implanting it into a black person's body mm-hmm. 
and you're literally using a black person's body as a mold. So for any, so if you haven't seen it and you have no clue what we're talking about, let's just get into the ending a little bit here. It it turns out that the uh, the family, you know, we're talking about family secrets here. Well, the family has a big secret. They abduct black people and they have perfected this um <clears throat> this procedure where you can basically put the consciousness of one person into the body of another person. Mm-hmm. And when you uh, the the parents it's not always, even the consciousness they're literally taking sections of the white person's brain yeah, and putting it well, into yeah, the black person's yeah. head. Uh, the the family has a party this weekend and all of these old crusty white guys show up <laughs> and uh, or white people rather show up and it's funny because they're all talking to Chris in like the most weird way like they're doing really weird things. Well, it's like almost one, like they're exam- examining him like he's a specimen. Which which because they were right. when, once you understand the ending you get it. Like there's right. one woman there uh, her husband is dying and she's asking if she's asking Rose if is sex with him really that good? Right. Because she was going to have sex and, with him. And she feels his muscles there's and like some, she's there's another guy, how strong he is. There's another guy talking, how's your golf swing? Because he wants to be able to play golf. He's the one that said Tiger Woods. Uh, like, yeah, because yeah. he was an old golf pro, but now he's old and crusty, like yeah, you say. And, and everyone then, and had a reason. And then there's another guy who's just like talking about, <laughs> he's talking about how, um, like he's he's the most overtly racist in the group, like in in within that context, he's basically just saying like black is in fashion. Yeah, it was. He used to be fair skin was what was good, and then lately, black is in fashion. Black is like, in fashion. Like he just wanted to be. He just wanted that. to be like a cool black guy. And 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 a much deeper like thing though. It I I take that as like uh, in the last ten fifteen years or so, like uh, African American culture mm-hmm. has like really been trendy like it's been fashionable it's well, been it, like it speaks so much to like you've heard uh you've heard the term cultural appropriation i'm sure yeah and and oh right here no, no i'm gonna go i'm gonna go grab a beer so talk oh it's right here oh you have beer yeah oh um yeah. you've heard you've heard the term cultural appropriation yeah that's that's essentially you know you're taking you're taking um aspects of a culture that make that that are that are specific to and special to that culture <laughs> And trying to make it your own, and that's that's like I'm looking at you, Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> what he's talking about is is like so like in your face. Like yeah. he's talking about white people wanting to walk and talk and act like black people because it's cool. And this it's the and this is the genius though of Jordan Peele. Like he puts these things on paper and in the dialogue and the way that these scenes are set up that. It's so in your face, but it's so hidden all at the yeah, same it's, time. It's, it's like it's so it's on the, the craziest no- thing. It's so on the nose that if it weren't written correctly, it could come across as corny. Yeah, but he he wrote it so well to where like it's it, and then that's a comedy background though. Yeah, being able to hide the joke in plain sight. Exactly. Like that's, it's oh my god. <laughs> I want Jordan Peele to direct like everything forever and always now. <laughs> Fire Hollywood only Jordan Peele. And you know, I I didn't I didn't even it didn't even dawn on me until today, but like I f- I finally understood the the running at the camera scene. Oh really? Well, because I I was just like I, well, I, we watched the movie and like I was trying to take all of it in, and then like today I started to think about each oh, specific yeah. scene. And in the trailer you see that and you're like, what the fuck? And then in the movie you see that and you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Because you at that point at that point in the movie you still don't know what's going on. So by the end of the movie, you might, I, I didn't really make the connection, but like, 
uh, when when they're at the party and everybody's kind of examining him like like a specimen. Yeah. Um, they're talking about like, uh, and then, uh, well, I'm sorry, I'm gonna jump around a little bit, but then uh, uh, Stephen Root's character ends up kind of being the guy who who purchases him yes. or whatever. There's basically an old school like slave bidding right. thing yeah, that which happens. Is, which which is, is really eerie. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and Stephen Root wins because Stephen Root is blind and Chris is a photographer. I don't think, want, I don't, I'm not sure that we even mentioned he that. He wants his eye. He wants his eye. Yeah. Z. Like, eyes. I, well, I don't, I don't <laughs> I mean, know, I don't, I don't I mean know. eyes. I mean, like, he has the eye for the, for the, uh, but you know, so like going, going to what he says, um, uh, Chris asks him why black people and, 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 uh, Stephen Rue's character says some people want to be faster. Some people want to be, uh, cooler. Some people just, you know, yeah. and, and then it took me all the way back to the beginning when, um, Chris and uh, the dad, mm-hmm. uh, Rose's dad, are Dean. walking through Dean, are walking through the house, and he they come up on this wall where you see pictures of Dean's father, and they're like old pictures of him in like tra- a track and field uh, outfit, and he explains to him that he was part of the. Those famous German Olympics. Yeah, the famous German Olympics where uh, I, I can't remember the guy's name. I'm I can't, sorry. Yeah, I'm not sure either. There, but there was a black guy who raced in 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 the uh, in the race, and Hitler was sitting like he said Hitler was up there with his you know perfect Aryan race bullshit, and then here's this black guy comes out of nowhere and Smoked proves him all wrong, yeah. and and he says that his grandpa or his his father, his father came in second to him. Yep. And he goes, he almost got, like, he almost got over it, you know? Mm-hmm. So his, in that scene when he's sprinting at the camera, he's now, like, in this body, this, like, young, yeah. fit, the dad fast is in, body. Yeah. And he's out in the night just sprinting around because he's so happy that he can just, like, run like well, he's the training. Wind he's trying to get faster still. He's trying to beat that time. Right. Um, and it, it, it's like it, it's, here's, it's weird, like how you can like there's so here's many, something else that you probably it, sorry, go on, I'm cutting it, you off. <laughs> it's just it's just weird, like you, this the movie plays out like uh, like when you see uh, a detective and they have like the red yarn on the wall, you know, like uh-huh. going from this guy to this guy to this guy. This movie plays out like that. You almost have to watch it like two or three yeah. times well, to pick up on all the little nuances. In that same in that same vein. When he's giving the tour and he goes into the kitchen, he's talking about how they had renovated it and they kept a certain thing because he goes, we like to keep, uh, like that was my mother's, we like to keep a piece of my mother in the kitchen. And then they show Georgina. Yeah. Georgina's the fucking grandmother. Right. Like, and she's standing in the kitchen there. Like, yeah. that, it, it's like, it's, it's right crazy, there. Yeah. It's, it's right, they actually exp- explain it, but it's just right yeah. over your head. Like, <laughs> Until later in the movie, yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Um. The one thing that I did not pick up until our our final uh, watch, though, is the very beginning. I didn't realize that the very very beginning of the movie, there's a uh, there's a, a black guy walking down the street, uh, the suburban street, right? And he's talking to, I'm assuming, uh, his girlfriend on the phone. No, he's talking to a friend of his, because he's talking about the girl who. He's like he's talking to him about going to meet a girl, yeah. and he's like she who told she told I took me as Rose. He's yeah. going to see Rose. What I didn't realize, though, and what, what happens in the scene is that he's walking on the street and this car pulls up uh, next to him and follows him, follows him. And he goes, fuck this, I'm getting out of here. I, ain't, I know how this ends. I ain't, I ain't dying tonight. And he turns around, he heads back the way he came. And then you look behind him 
and the car doors open. And then this uh, this black, um, all dressed in black figure comes and basically kidnaps him. Yeah. At the dinner scene, when Chris is up north, his the Rose's brother, uh, what's his name, um, Jeremy, Jeremy, is talking about UFC and jujitsu, mm-hmm. and he tries to almost choke out uh, Chris at the table. The guy in the very beginning, the black guy in the very beginning, gets choked out. Oh, you didn't realize That's that was Jeremy? Jeremy. I no, I didn't. Oh, I, I, yeah, I picked up on. I that. didn't even realize that the uh, the guy that got kidnapped was Lakeith Stanfield. Was, was, yeah, yeah, I didn't realize it was the same guy because he's got a beard. He looks different. Right. Um, but and then also, if you think about the timeline, when uh, um, uh, what was what was Lil Ray Howery's uh, Rod? Rod. When Rod is uh, when Rod is um, looking for articles about uh, Andre. Andre, yep. He's been missing for six months. Yeah. Chris and Rose have been dating for, for five four, months. Four months. For, uh, five months. Five she corrects months. Him. She corrects so, him. So, so like, yep. Andre was her last her last guy she was dating. Yep. yep. And when he's talking in the beginning about going to meet this girl, it's her. Yep. Yeah, and then and he gets like kidnapped, that. and then a month later she starts dating Chris, and then it and restarts those, the whole cycle. Those, it's crazy. Those yarn, just yeah, connect the dot things. You know, like it's it's crazy. I love this movie. Yeah, so like much. you said, the, the movie was so smartly written. It was it there's was there's a very very good reason this movie did so well, and why it's so well received, and why uh, Jordan Jordan Peele is the greatest human being right now, <laughs> until the next Jordan Peele comes out. But <laughs> um, I will say this. Yes. There was one scene in particular that I really hated. Oh, what's that? Um, there's there's a there's a part toward the end where you you kind of find out who Rose actually is, mm-hmm. and then she's sitting in <laughs> she's sitting in her bedroom and she's eating a cup full of uh, <clears throat> Fruit Loops, mm-hmm. and she eats. First of all, it's kind of annoying that she eats one Fruit Loop in two bites. She like bites it in half and then bites it again. But then what she does next just ground my gears so bad. She she picks up her glass of milk, and I actually had like a physical response while she we were did. sitting there it's watching true. it. She picks up this glass of milk, and she takes three tiny little sips out of out straw. of the out of the straw. Listen, people, milk is meant to be chugged, not for <laughs> not for you, Jay, because I know that you don't. Well, you drink almond milk, oh, right? Yeah. When you drink a glass of almond milk, you drink the whole thing, right? In one gulp, exactly through a straw. Milk is not a sipping drink, folks. It's a chugging drink. <laughs> uh, like it, 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 like it actually gave me anxiety to watch this scene. Well, like you understood I had a, the I scene, knew a, though, right? I knew a guy in high school who he would eat Oreos, but he wouldn't dip the Oreos. He would just eat the Oreos, and then after each bite, he would take a tiny little sip of milk. I stopped being friends with him. <laughs> and you let it I did. So I you... seriously stopped being friends. I couldn't handle it. Like I'm gonna do that next. Milk time is to meant house. to be chugged. You let it soften in your mouth for like a minute afterwards oh. before you swallow. Oh my god! <laughs> everything there's everything wrong with that. Um, no, you don't. You understand the significance of that scene, though, right? Uh, she doesn't mix her white with her colored. No, I yeah. I, like the yeah. fruit loops are colored. Right. The milk is white. It, it's again right in your face. But that. But it, ultimately, that doesn't make sense because she. Has sex with black guys almost exclusively. Well, she's a terrible racist. <laughs> um, I, I was so bummed. Like I, there was there was a part of me that throughout the movie, and I'm sorry, Jay, because Jay just came back into the room, and I'm gonna, you know, give you spoilers. But <laughs> there, there was a part of me that like uh, that thought throughout the movie, and she did an amazing job. Maybe she really didn't know what was going on. Like mm-hmm. maybe she wasn't part of her family's secret because she did such a good job of like playing the, 
the clueless like like when she's looking for the keys and she stuff. does like, do a really oh, good I job i don't know what I'm... i know that her direction jordan peele gave the direction that uh that pre pre-secret exposed rose and post mm-hmm. she he goes play them as two completely different characters and she did she absolutely did brian williams might be a dirty dirty liar but he uh she was pretty dirty on that girls show too. All right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> he he uh, he made a he made a fantastic uh, actress of a daughter. He did. He did. She's great. In all fairness, um, not too hard to look at either. No, no, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, and the 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 ending. We didn't even talk about the ending. We don't necessarily need to. Suffice it to say that uh, Chris's revenge is so sweet and it's so good. <laughs> Um, and going back to the uh, well, the Jordan, stag thing, Jordan Peele even said he's like he's he said uh, on the uh, the movie crypt uh-huh. he said this was basically like like two hundred years of of slavery and like pent up aggression on screen coming out yeah and just like yes just fucking yep. kill those white and people and, he, and like everybody rejoices at, at the fact if you haven't figured it out by now people die and he uses the the head of the deer or the stag mm-hmm. what we were talking before to basically gore the dad and kill him so it's like it's ironic that the dad got killed by this deer slash stag of which he hates so much like, it's poetic justice An- another, it really is <laughs> one of the other like little uh little interesting tidbits too uh kind of ironic i guess in a way is uh you know typically if you think about uh slaves on plantations like what did they do they picked cotton right yes i know and i know exactly what you're talking about there's a part in the movie where he literally because he he basically ends up hypnotized yep and so oh, every, we didn't even bring that up <laughs> yeah yeah well we don't i guess we don't, movie's got layers we're, guys. we're giving away everything except for like this big part you know uh-huh. we'll give it away now he ends up hypnotized and uh and so basically every time he hears the sound of a spoon clink on the side of a teacup mm-hmm. uh he like falls into this trance and there's a point in the movie where he's strapped down in this uh like huge leather chair but at one point you see him like he he starts looking at the handle and there's like a bit of the cotton from the handle yep. sticking out of the the uh, the arm on the chair and at one point in the movie he stuffs cotton in his ears to avoid being hypnotized yep. and it's kind of like He's forced. He's forced to pick cotton to survive. Like well, it's, well, it's kind of it, like it's, what, kind of what slaves had to do because they didn't do exactly what they're so supposed to do. They would could potentially die. Right. Like, yeah. But in but in this way, it was rather than it being like just his ticket to survival, it was his savior. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. by stuffing the cotton in his ears, he ended up in the situation where he could kill dad with the stag oh, yeah. and get away. Yep. So it's like you said, layers on layers on layers. It's crazy, yeah, it's, like all the stuff that he managed to inject in this movie without it making, without making it feel forced. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a it, it's a great flick. If you haven't seen it, I highly suggest watching it before you listen to this. <laughs> yes, we just gave everything away. Um, it's so good though. Like it, it really might be one of the best uh, like psychological slash horror movies that i've honestly ever seen oh, like yeah. as far as the skill that went into writing it and and the execution it's it's 
it's dang man it's well, it's in that like top 10 percent. you know what I'm saying there's of, a reason why i mean i i don't i don't know what it's sitting at right now i'm, I'm gonna look it up real quick but there's a reason why it was sitting on on uh rotten tomatoes at 100 yeah, percent for wow. a long time you know mm-hmm. it's it, it's that good so yep. if you haven't seen it go check it out and mm-hmm. uh let us know what you think yeah so um that's it i think that's it quick one tonight guys we're yeah, at buck 24 look at that and it's, it's just now midnight. Jay, you're going to be home before 2 a.m. What? <laughs> no, you're not. We're going to sit here and talk for another two hours. So I also watched this other movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did watch The People Under the Stairs, which is kind of a uh, kind family of, secret kind movie. Kind of falls into the same. A little bit. I love that movie. Yeah, Dude. I'd never so seen it. So this was your first I, time yeah, seeing first time it. What did you it. think of it? So we are going to talk about it. Uh, just, brief, <laughs> just, just briefly, what did you think of it? Um, it was not what I expected. I'll yeah. tell you that much. You know, I'm used to... Uh, I'm, I like my Wes Craven uh you know hills have eyes uh last house on the left uh first nightmare you know like kind of like yeah. gritty really gritty scary movies people under the stairs was not that movie whatsoever um i didn't know what to expect i kind of thought that it was like about a creepy mutant people that live in someone's house and they don't know about it that's what i thought it was i really didn't know anything about it, it took me so many damn years to see this movie um when did that came out come out like 85 or something, something like that yeah um, but yeah, no, I, I liked it though. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> That's it? Yeah, That's no, I die. I mean, there's, I mean, it's not like it's a super deep movie compared to what we just talked to or anything, you know? It's just kind of a fun, spooky, fucked up family that, or not even family, really, brother and sister that are trying to make a perfect family. I love Roach. He's, like, I don't know. I love Roach. He's my favorite character. Yeah, he's yeah, so Ro- cool. He's, he's really familiar too he's sean it's sean whalen yeah he's been in a ton of shit ton he's like he's he's like a massively prolific character actor he's in that uh he's in death house coming out so oh is he yeah oh cool yeah he's he's all over the place um he's in something that i i can't place him in though uh we just we just saw him he was in uh he was in that uh the, what's the chrome chrome skull the oh was he was he in that the hell's the name uh, of that movie uh, laid to rest yeah laid to rest was he in that okay yeah he was That's like not what i'm thinking of though he was like the tech guy except for he had you know they like they took shelter in his house for a little while, but he had like a, a computer from 1982 or something. Yeah, I'm thinking of some movie he was in that he's plays like a really squirrely kind of character, and I can't I can see him, but I can't place him though. Every, like liter- e- literally, you yeah. could probably say any movie, and he's probably in it. Yeah, uh, just right. for just for the record, um, on Rotten Tomatoes, Get Out is still sitting at a 99 percent. That's well deserved. And too. then so they have the Rotten Tomato score, the Tomato Meter is at ninety nine percent, and the audience score is at eighty seven percent. So I want to know so who thir- gave thir- him that one bad review to put him at ninety nine percent. I know. I was gonna say on the Tomato Meter, there's there's one there's one percent of people who are dumb, and on the audience <laughs> score, there are thirteen percent of people who are dumb. Yep. People who didn't get the callbacks for the for the uh, probably casting. <laughs> probably oh, this, movie. this movie. It's uh, it's Keegan Michael Key actually he goes. You didn't fucking put me in your movie. What the fuck. <laughs> Um, all right. Um, yeah, let's, I, uh, I think we should call it. Yeah, let's wrap her up. It's a good episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, if you would like to find us on social media, you can do so at uh, the Buzzkill Podcast on SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, and Horror Amino. And I swear, I will put up a Horror Amino post for this episode. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC. You can find Raj on all social media at Ocean Recording and also www.oceanrecordingstudio.com Don't forget to check out these awesome Buzzkill podcast guys on iTunes. Click oh, little podcast you. app. Thanks, we're, Jay. We're terrible even, you know. Why give, them a like give them a thumbs up. Five stars. <laughs> Why haven't you gotten on and given us a review yet? 
Why? What's the deal? I don't like it. Come on. It's, no, I, 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 that's truth, man. That's truth. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's kind of it's funny. The five have, reviews are you two with different accounts. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know why I haven't gotten on there and given us a review yet. I, I don't use it, so I, I should, can't. Oh, you're so yeah. cool. Android. Yeah. Why, don't right. why don't you get out your Zoom and oh, go, are you go, kidding me? Go have a Zoom party. I'm laying this down right now. The Zoom was the greatest digital music listening device that was ever made. Didn't it brick after like six months? No, I had that thing for a couple of years, man. Yeah. And it never died. Yeah, no, right. it died It died because I dropped it out of my car. <laughs> it was a user error that Hold broke on, let it. Hold on, they put my Windows Media Player to put music on here. No way. It was great. It had a huge screen. Like, oh, awesome. I love it. Loved Piece it. of shit. All right. Well, that'll do it, boys. I had a good time. Jay, sorry yeah. for all the spoilers, man. Hey, yeah. man, sometimes you got to live through it. You got to live through it. Get out. Show me your O mission face. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers, boys. <laughs> How you find me? I'm T.S. motherfucking A. We handle shit. That's what we do. Consider this situation. Fucking handle. <laughs>